Okay, welcome to this edition of Up the Poly, the podcast for North Shields Polytechnic Athletic Club. Um, my guest this week is Stuart Lynn, and Stuart is a track athlete and he's heavily involved in and very passionate about the Masters series on the track, but track running generally and sprinting generally. Um, I'm really pleased about doing this. this. This podcast came about when I saw a post on the Poly Facebook page about some fantastic achievements on the track over the weekend. I uh, just cheekily put in the comments, this this could this should be a podcast really, and Stuart responded. So I'm really grateful to Stuart for doing that. And um, and it's uh, so we've got plenty to talk about. We're going to talk about the track running, sprinting generally, about the Masters, the Northeast Masters, and also about Stuart himself. Um, and I know Stuart does a lot of stuff around the social media uh, channels for the club as well. So just by way of introduction to Stuart, he's given me a bit of info and it's extremely impressive. Um, so at the moment, he's the, the fifth fastest over 200 metres in his age group in the UK, sixth fastest over 400 metres and seventh fastest over 100 metres, which is astonishing. Um, and I, had, to my shame, I had no idea that the track, our, our track athletes were, were so distinguished um, nationally. So I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about that. Um, so enough of me wittering on. It's time for me to introduce Stuart. So hi, Stuart. How are you doing? Hi, Mark. I'm great. Thanks. Lovely great stuff. to be part of the podcast. Yeah, great to have you on. Brilliant. Thank you very much for coming forward. Um, as I was saying to you before we start recording, I like these things to be about the subject that brought you to do the podcast, but I also like it to be about the runner themselves. I think we're we're all naturally a bit nosy. It's quite nice to hear about other people's um, ways into running. So, from your for you and and your your story of running, where did it all begin for you, and, and when? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting journey that I've had, Mark. Because I'm not a runner. I haven't been a runner for most of my life, really. And, it, and if I think back to um, to 2014, which doesn't seem that long ago mm. compared with a lot of my colleagues and peers in the club who've been running a lot longer, I, it started with a business meeting I had with Brendan Foster oh. and his and his uh, his commercial partner back in back in the day. They wanted to build a, an app an app for the phone that helped Great North Run people with right. uh, with how to prepare for the Great North Run and everything. Um, I worked for Sage Software at the time, so we were building business apps. And Brendan was sort of talking about the Great North Run, and he could never talk about building the app without really calling out the, the sort of all the greatness that the Great North Run did for the region and everything. Yes. And, and, you know, he, asked every, he always asked everybody, are you a runner now? And I'm saying, no, unfortunately not. He says, because you get your place in the sort oh. of VIP of the Great North Run. So <laughs> one of my colleagues got a place in the VIP, which was great, but... I think what, what Brendan was saying back in the day was he didn't want to spend a lot of money on an app or he didn't want runners to have to spend a lot of money on technology. Yeah. He believed running should be about buying a pair of trainers, opening the front door and going out and keeping mm. fit and all of the, the social benefits and the, the health benefits that, that come along with that. Yeah. Um, however, six years on, it's, it's not about just buying a pair of trainers I think every single one of us has got wearable technology on our wrists and all of the, the, the sort of addiction to Garmin that, uh, uh, the, that goes with that. I was waving my Garmin at Stuart when he was saying that. <laughs> yeah. So I've got, I've got a couple, actually, and the, and the Apple Watch, and, and you mix them, whichever one gives you the best time, I think, Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah but I think that the, reason, 
The reason I'm saying that, I think they must have planted the seed. So this was in sort of late, oh, just before the Great North Run in 2014. In 2015, the whole dry January thing sort of emerged. And I thought, I, I didn't really want to do this dry January. Um, so what else could I do to get fit? Because I was massively overweight. I think it was 15 stone something back, back oh, then. Really? Gosh. Um, I used to work a lot, a lot away from home, which involved sitting having burgers every night and a couple of pints. And then if somebody that you knew walked in, you'd have a couple more pints. So yeah. it wasn't a great lifestyle. I've done that and, as well. Yeah. I ate a lot of curry and put on a lot of weight when I worked away. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do. It's a recipe for disaster, really. It is. And, and then I was sitting sort of just Googling, um, and then this advert popped up for the Great North Run ballot. This was in January. So I, I, I foolishly clicked on it, applied, and got in. Which oh. is a surprise for me because I never win anything in terms of ballots and stuff like that. But I got in, so I thought I thought I best sort of try and, and get fit. So went out in an old pair of trainers and started training. Really, um, as as you might expect, like everybody who starts running from scratch, overdid it um, massively, tore <laughs> tore a quadricep, Ooh. and ended up on crutches for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks. Um, but it didn't put me off. Wow. And, I, and I was, I came back out and I was, I was adamant that I wanted to do this sort of thing. Um, and in the meantime, I'd had a chat with the CEO at Sage and we'd convinced 200 other colleagues to run the Great North Run as part of a big charity event, Team right. Sage charity event. So now I was obliged that I couldn't back down, having yeah. sort of been one of the protagonists of this thing, to, uh, to then quit and let everybody down. So there was pressure. Suddenly very accountable, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> from day one yeah. and, um, and and I remember I was out with my wife one night we're driving past Churchill playing field or the entrance to it just next to the the tennis courts uh -huh. and I saw all these people coming out of the gate running and uh and I, and my wife said you know you should join a club if you if you're interested in running you should join a club yeah. and I had a look at all these people and I thought I could keep up with them that's not bad at all I, I could do that um, and so I came along to the poly one. I contacted um, by email the website and said, pop along on a Tuesday night. And I, and I popped along to see Ron, it was. Yeah. Um, and, 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 it was and it was wonderful. So Ron asked me why I wanted to join the club. And I told him because I wanted to get fit for the Great North Run, which <laughs> I later learned was, was exactly the wrong thing to say to Ron. Because um, he's a great bloke, but he hates the Great North Run with a yeah, passion, yeah. and so that was a that was a first black mark, really. Um, oh, well, you're not the first one to said the wrong thing to wrong on the first. <laughs> I did exactly, and I wore shorts in winter and said, "Oh, I'm a foul runner. I'm not into all this road stuff." So you yeah. immediately took it. Just like, who's this idiot? <laughs> it, it was, but it was it was great. Anyway, I mean, years later, he's he's been fantastic for me and, yeah. and for my running career, but. But back then, what Ron did, he paired us up with um, with Nick Cryer. So a lot of people know Nick at the poly, you know, been running for years. And that was great because Ron, uh, Nick, sorry, could tell me what I should and shouldn't do, you know, what I should and shouldn't wear, when I should and shouldn't run too fast because you get promoted and you shouldn't be promoted or you get put, demoted and, and yeah. be put on the naughty step and stuff like that. So yeah. so that, that was brilliant, running, running alongside Nick. However, the first big lesson that I, I found out was that when the poly were running out that gate to run down to the dome, that was just a little jog down at the start of the training session. Oh, so you thought that was the that was the, uh, the effort? 
absolutely. I thought that was the sort of pace, and I thought this is going yeah. too bad. They were only just sort of like jogging down the seafront. But 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 I I loved it, man. Really, yeah. and that was sort of the bit that got me into the training. And it was it was much easier training with a group of people than it is training on your own. Yeah, yeah. Makes the world a difference, doesn't it? When as soon as you've got a bit of company, it's the camaraderie and, and the support. And you know, I was a newbie, and and people tend to look out for newbies, mm. which doesn't happen in other sports that I've that I've been involved with. So there's a great sense of help and support and encouragement that that goes along with with that. So yeah, so that was my introduction to the poly mark really and, and made some some good friends that have lasted um, to this day really so so how did that then how did you then um well first thing before i ask this question it strikes me uh, that you came to running pretty late but you tore a quadricep fairly a, a nasty injury um and you had a bit of a baptism of fire at the club but you still persisted with it so it sounds to me that the 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 love for running was deep in there somewhere. You just hadn't accessed it, if you know what I mean. But yeah, I, well, first of all, I felt physically much, much better mm. because I was shedding. Once you start doing any sort of distance, you can't, you can't eat enough almost. Oh, absolutely. You, you, you just shed weight, um, which is great. And, and I think mentally, if I'm honest with you, you know, the sort of job I had was a lot of pressure and high stress during the week. Yeah. And then when I could go out on a long Sunday run. It was just a complete cleanse of the mind, mm. and, and, and running is great for that because you can you almost lose yourself in, yeah. in the run. And often, I'd say to my wife, "I can't actually remember anything about that last hour and a half run. I've yeah. just been running, and your body's just taken over in complete um, sort of, you know, automatic automatic mode." So it helped me physically, and it was helping helping me mentally, I suppose, as well, just to sort of you know keep keep your mind in the right place and and i quite enjoy the sort of competitive edge yeah. as well so you know the people that i was running with i was i was trying to uh to keep up first of all and then trying to to beat them if i could mm. in a nice way yeah, yeah. Not, not I mean, rivalries are healthy things you know and yeah. uh yeah they don't have to be adversarial i think that's the best thing about running clubs for sure certainly one of them so how did that then so you you came to ron's group and you ran um, and you, you know, lost weight, got got a, a real affinity for it. Um, so, what's the story between doing that and then finding your way onto the track and that being your thing? So, I suppose it's that competitive <laughs> side, really, and uh, Mark. So, you know, there's some fantastic runners at at, at the club, yeah. Um, and I could never be as good as them. I always admired them. You know, the, the Greg Pens, the all, all the great runners. Greg gets mentioned in everything when you talk about great runners, but, but he's just, he's just, you know, I could not think I could. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I used to run. Keen, I'm quite keen to get him on the fouls, but he's not having any of that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, actually there's a, there's a bit on that. I've got great admiration for, for fell running. I've got great admiration for the triathletes, but, and cross country, but it's not for me. Mm. So, so one, one of the, so one of the, the biggest driver on the, on the moving the track was I could never win on the road. So I, I could be a certain level and I could be satisfied personally with that. Yeah. But I really wanted to see how far I could push myself and, and try and compete on something I was better at than just compete on something that I was yeah. average at. So, so I went along to, to try the track. I, I believe it was Hugh Parry 
that, oh, that right. I mentioned that they have this master series. So I used to, I used to run in the same group as Hugh. So Hugh was, I think, C score at that time as well. Right. And Hugh was saying, oh, they have this master's thing in Moncton and it's on the track. And it's, so I went along and didn't know what to expect really. And was lined up against Hugh in the 100 metres. And I think I ran 16.2 seconds or something, which, which I was like, eyes out, mm. eyeballs out trying to run that. And Hugh beat me. Um, which was which was a great motivation to carry on <laughs> <laughs> because because I think you might have mentioned it like a hundred or two hundred times in their course. Yeah, I, I find that really hard to believe. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great <laughs> he guy. He was our first podcast guest as well. So he's, was he? Yeah, he's podcast royalty. <laughs> Excellent. So, so yeah, so that that got me into it. Um, the other thing you mentioned, sort of fell running. Um, I was always rubbish. In, back in the day, running hills or any sort of terrain, so the track's nice flat, mm. so, so you don't have to worry about running up hills. You just have to run round and round in circles, or or, or or indeed in a straight line, really. Yeah. So so I went along to the to the masters, and and the good thing about the masters, just to call it out, you're always racing against people who are roughly the same speed as you. So the races are seeded on times that you estimate, oh. rather than. If you look at the senior league, for example, the seniors you're racing against the best people in the club, mm. and you will be, you know, we're finished wherever, wherever you finish, really. Yeah. Um, you know, for somebody who's like a mature athlete like myself, racing against a 20 year old, you really haven't got much chance. Mm. But when I'm racing against sort of people around my age group um, or, or slightly younger, um, you've got a chance. Yeah. So, therefore, you, you've always got a chance to win. And then you bring the age category into play and you've always got a chance to be the best you can be in that age category as well. So this this sort of deep down competitive um, instinct that I've got um, is now getting sort of massaged that I can actually win something here and I can compete on my terms and something that I'm pretty good at. I, everybody probably says, oh, well, when I was at school, I used to be pretty quick. You know, I think everybody was pretty quick when they were like 12, 13 years old. There's a, um, there's a phrase a friend of mine uses, which is the older I get, the faster I was. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But what's interesting with me, Mark, the older I get, the faster I'm getting. Amazing. Which is, which is, which is quite incredible. So, you know, the sort of, thanks for the really kind words at the beginning about my, my sort of ranking in the UK. Yeah. But, 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 Slow. But this year, my, my ambition was to try and sustain the pace I was running two years ago. So last year was a complete write-off from track and field. Yeah. There was a couple of events, as it was a write-off for everybody, really. Yeah, absolutely. But as you get older, you're sort of fighting, you're fighting against age all the time in terms of um, performance. But I've been delighted that, you know, I've been able to maintain the times I was hitting two years ago um, this year to try and get to that level. However, still the top guys in the country, you know, for 100 metres, where I'm running sort of 13.2, they're still running low 12s. Wow. So there's still a massive, a massive amount of uh, difference between what, what you can achieve at my age and what I'm able to achieve. So there's still scope for improvement. There's always scope for improvement. So what, what's training? I mean, again, this is a very a sort of entry-level question because I'm, mm. uh, I'm totally ignorant. But... Um, What's training like for sprinters? Um, I mean, what kind of mileage do you do? What, what are the sessions like? Because it's a world I know nothing about at all. 
Yeah, so so I think the word mileage might be a bit of a misnomer there for the start, Mark. <laughs> yeah, we, don't really do, <laughs> we don't really do mileage. Although I must admit, when I first started sprinting, I, I didn't give up the, the distance running either. So I was probably doing it wrong. So I oh. still used to love the long Sunday runs, but then I do the, the sprint training as well. So so sprint training for us is in the winter, all strength, a lot of hills. So you know, you're running up hills all the time or doing stairs, you're trying to build energy and and possibly endurance as well so an endurance an endurance race for a track sprinter is 300 meters <laughs> so i know lots of people take the mickey and say yeah, yeah you, you know, how can you call uh, endurance 300 meters but you know if you're running a 200 meter race yeah. if you flat out your legs will start to go at about 120 or 130 so you've got to have that that sustainability yeah. for the last sort of 50 meters or so 50 70 meters yeah. So we do lots of 300 reps and just countless 300 reps to the point where you think, oh, not 300s again. And are you doing them? Uh, are you doing them flat out? No. Hammering so them. so we run about 80 to 90 percent. So they're still uh, pretty pretty. And how many yeah. of those might you do in a session then? So you're running oh, 80 to 90 percent. As many as three. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, Possibly in the winter we're up at four. Um, but but yeah, but so you're running probably 16s, so 16 seconds 100. Yeah. But you know, if you if, if you try it, it, it's pretty quick. So I know that the 18 will be running probably 20s or, or 19s or something. Yeah. Um, so you know, so if you if you run roughly three seconds over your your best time, um, would be would be 80 percent pace. So yeah, so we'll be doing 300s, we'll be doing hills, but you'd be doing, you know, uh, not just when we used to run along the colour codes and do a couple of hills on the north front and a couple of hills mm-hmm. on the south front, we'd be doing hills for a full sort of half hour. Yeah. Um, so you might get 20 hills. In, so you're pelting up, you're jogging down, you're pelting up, you're jogging walk down. Back. It's just walk back. Or you walk back. Yeah. Is that non-stop then? You're just, it's just a kind of constant, you get your recovery yeah. on that walk and then you're just off again. Yeah, so the the, the 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 sort of the the logic behind that is you want to get your heart rate right back down mm-hmm. and then blast up the hill again to get that feeling that you're stressing yourself going up yeah. the hill. And likewise with the 300s, you sort of have a 300 walk back to get your heart rate right back down so that you're getting used to sort of these sort of stresses that you put your body under, mm-hmm. you know. But, but if you up your pace, so if, if a track runner today or a roadrunner, sorry, who's running sort of 20s, goes and tries to run a 16, 300, they'd probably hurt themselves. Yeah. Because they start using different parts of the body. Just read you my hit. mind. I was literally thinking, if I tried that, because I do really long stuff, mm. if I tried that, I'd do myself a mischief. It's, it's, yeah. it's quite scary, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so I did that, Mark. At the, at the, one, of the, um, one of the first meetings I went to, the Northeast Champs, I was in for the one, two, and four hundred. I ran the the one hundred and had to bail on the other two because oh. I tore a hip flexor this time. Um, not tore it; I just strained the hip flexor, yeah, yeah. and it was because of lack of warm up. So, as well as doing these, the sort of the session, we probably do twenty to twenty five minutes warm up for the session. So you'll do it. You'll do some jogging. You'll do some drills, and this is religious. We do exactly yeah. the same routine every single time before we do the session so it'll be a warm-up gentle warm-up and then some drills and then some um strides so we'll do yeah. five strides of 60 meters 
which are getting progressively faster until the last stride is is sort of probably your race pace. Um, that sounds really disciplined. And, and I think yeah. one of the things that strikes me as I'm listening to this is that when you talk about doing strides, getting progressively faster, doing 300 meter reps and, and the, the the fact that you're, you're talking about times with decimal points in, yeah. you must know that there's a precision to that, which I don't have at all in what I do. Mm. Um, and you must know you, you're, you're, how, you know, how you feel and how you're responding very intimately. Because to my mind, I might have a, you know, because I do ultras, I'll be like, okay, this 10 miles, I'm just going to back off a bit and eat or yeah. this five miles. So to me, it's, a, it's very watercolour. It's very sort of, phases of approximations of things it's all very kind of intuitive there's no there's nothing as nearly as precise i don't think perhaps with yeah. some of the equipment and tactics but not with the actual running sprinting sounds to me like it's a, it has a lot of precision in it in terms of both the preparation the warm-up and the execution of it yeah so there's a lot more to it than pouting along which i never thought that i always thought there would be but it's just interesting hearing that so when, when you're doing it then and you're monitoring your progress is it very much a case of, of little, what might seem to me like almost negligible differences being quite significant? So points of seconds faster and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Mark. So, I mean, we're, when you get to a really, as good as you can be almost, you're looking for hundreds of a second. Really? Goodness yeah, me. and so, you know, most of the races are hand-timed, so they time you to a tenth of a second. So it'd be like 12.6 or 12.7. Um, when you get electronic timing, it times you to a hundred. Right. And actually, electronic timing is so much more accurate because you're so Forgive my so, so they've got a camera on the line. So it's, it, they've got an, where the starter is with the starting pistol. They've got a sensor that senses the the noise the gun makes, starts okay. the clock ticking, and then they've got a camera on the line, which wow. can actually, you've seen it on TV where you yeah, see yeah. finishes. So they can then get your photo finished. So they'll, they'll, it's much better for sprinters, certainly short distance sprinters, yeah. to have a little time. matter. That, that's, that's, I guess that's my point that the electronic timing is, is critical because those small margins are critical. They're, yeah, they're yeah. Very much. I, I, it, it, it is, it, it seems like nitpicking, but so if no. you run sort of 13.15, hand time will round that up to 13.2. Right. So you feel like you've been robbed yeah, of no five hundredths, which is which is a lot. But yeah. but back to your precision point, Mark, it is. So the training is precision. It's about trying to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do. You know, do your strength training, do yeah. your sort of the reps in the way yeah. that you're doing. Have the rest in between the reps. Don't don't do too much. Don't try and squeeze too much in. And and, and then when you come to races itself, like hundred meters is is a race of three parts. Most oh. races are a race of three parts. So you've obviously got the start, which is explosive, yeah. and, and the acceleration phase where you want to try and get a maximum velocity as quickly as possible. And then you've got the sort of the middle of the race, which is really about sustaining that maximum velocity. And then the, the last third of the race is really hanging on, trying yeah. to sustain that um, for as long as you possibly can, because you will get a sort of a, a taper off if you've put the effort in at the beginning. Oh, that's interesting. So to, just to test my assumption then, or to debunk my assumption, because I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that in 100 metres, yeah, why did I think this? But I suppose in my mind, just watching it on the telly, you, you're kind of at your fastest 
from sort of near the end to the end but from what you're saying you're at your fastest in the middle and it's sort of yeah off of yeah you. you should be at maximum velocity 30 or 40 meters into the race wow so you so this is that this is a big change that 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 i did so you know training with ron and the group all the strength training the, the endurance training and the really building your core yes. is essential but when i when i was decided I needed to be quicker and I thought I was running as fast as I could. I actually went to, to, to a guy who was one of the best sprinters in the Northeast, a guy called Eric Smart, who runs with the poly now. Mm. And, you know, Eric's background is nobody in Masters history, Northeast Masters history has ever run faster than him Gosh. at any age because even the young guys have never been able to meet the times he was setting, you know, back in, back in the day. Oh. Um, and Eric helped me with, not with the sort of the stuff that Ron was doing, which was all great stuff. Eric helped me with the race sort of mentality, that first 30 meters. So Eric used to meticulously, when we went to a training session, he would meticulously measure out 30 meters. And then he would have everything timed, every single training run, every single time over 30 wow. meters was training to see if you were getting better. And it was that real pickup and the difference, what you see from a middle distance runner or a road runner coming to use the track, the, the sort of, I'm not saying this disrespectfully. No, no. The, the one pace runners. So they'll go off and try and sort of just steadily pick up the pace, which is what I used to do. You, you don't do that on the track. Yeah. So 100 and 200 and 400 is you've got to fly off the start. Yeah. Um, but, and so you have to have that massive burst of, of acceleration, which is not what, it, it's not in the mindset of a, no. of a runner. Because I'm uh, always thinking, even when I'm on the track doing reps, that I can't go flat, I need to save a bit for the end of the yeah. session. So what, what I'm hearing, I think, is that, and this is why sprinting terrifies me. I always used to I used to take the mickey out of track runners, so track yeah. theories, you know, you, 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 you're not too far from the toilet, you're never too far away. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all made in jest, but this idea that you know that before you get to the finish line of the race, you're going to be absolutely desperately hanging yeah. on. And the acceptance that the last part of the race is this desperate anaerobic sort of hell. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that terrifies me, mm -hmm. particularly when you're doing it on a track with other runners is no hiding place at all. There's a very, yeah. I mean, when you do long fell runs, you can hide a bit, you yeah. can just sort of, you know, retreat into your own little world. But that, it's very exposed. And the very fact, like you say, you, if you're at maximum velocity so early in a race, the rest of the race is just going to hurt. That's what I'm yeah. hearing. <laughs> so, so, well, I, I think 100 metres doesn't tend to hurt. Right. Um, it's just gone in a flash, really. Yeah. So you're, you're getting down the track, and yeah. and you, you 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 can see people out with your peripheral vision, and you're just trying to really sort of beat them, or you've got a target. I mean, Steve Dodds. A lot of people know Steve Dodds. Me yeah, and yeah. Steve, me and Steve were always pretty level for years on in terms of racing together, and he would win some, I would win some, and and it was like whenever Steve was in a race, I would pull out a bit extra right. because I wanted to beat Steve. And, and I think Steve would, would do the same. However, I've given up on beating Steve now because the Northeast champs, he like smashed these PBs and he's gone like half a second faster than me over uh, over 100 metres. So I need to pick on somebody else next time. <laughs> pick on somebody on the wrong side. But it's brilliant. I, I was yeah. sort of overjoyed for Steve because he, he'd been like at this barrier, this, this, this possibly a psychological barrier, mm. and then he just smashed straight through it. 
and and that and that's brilliant. So you see more confidence, and sprint is a lot of confidence as well. You know, Mark, you sort of yes. you get a few sort of devil on your shoulder when you're at the start, and you you're waiting for the race, and the adrenaline sort of pump, and then you've got the anxieties. Will I get out the blocks? What's yeah, everybody yeah. else going to do? Margins for error are pretty small, aren't they? I mean, yeah. If you if you if you cock up the start, you, you haven't got a chance, really. Right. You haven't, you've got to hit the start in a decent way, and the shorter the distance then the, the more important the start is, really. See, that, um, my mind, I don't think, in, in, there's no, there's nothing in the, no aspect of the kind of running that I do or have done that has anything like that amount of pressure in such yeah. a small space of time. Yeah. So to me, that's a totally alien yeah. thing in running and yeah. an admirable one because, yeah, that, that's going to burn if you get it wrong, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is, but but what it gives you as well is when you get it right, you get a massive adrenaline high. Uh, yeah. You get a massive rush out of it. So so the hundred, yeah, it doesn't really hurt the hundred, uh, although it would take you a day to recover from it if you run. Right. Uh, and if, if you read the sort of stories about Usain Bolt, you know when he ran world record times, that was still in his legs for two weeks afterwards. Goodness me. Yeah. So so this. Uh, that thing it. you mentioned before, I mean about peripheral vision. Uh, um, I, I, there was a great interview with, um, is it, I think it was Tyson Gay after the Beijing, I think it was after Beijing, mm. and uh, somebody said to him, when, at what point did you know that Usain was going to beat you? He said, when I saw his knee coming past my ear. Yeah. That difference. <laughs> that was a great yeah. point. <laughs> you, 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 can feel, you can feel it, really. I, I'm still not, not experienced enough to know if I've won or not. You're sort, and I think a lot of us, you sort of cross the line. Yeah. Um, and, and you just you just wait for the slows to come in. But but as the distance increases, Mark, the sort of that the effect of lactic acid, I think it is, is, is a killer. Um, so you've got the, the 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 anaerobic sort of part of your body. So the 200, for example, you know, you're whipping round, you, it's full out from the start. It's not like let's build up the first hundred, then belt down the string. So it's you're still you're still exploding out like in a 100. Yeah. You want your maximum yeah. velocity earlier yeah. than later. Yeah. 30 right. meters around the bend and you, you should right. be at full velocity and then hanging on however when you get to about 30 meters from home your legs are really starting to do their own thing yeah. and, and unfortunately i had a, an event at hexham last year when i did the you've seen you've probably seen this on on the top athletics as well people hit this forward rotation thing and they can't help themselves they end up lying face down on yeah, the track yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I did that and it was the funniest feeling in the world so I was running really well I was looking like a PB and then just before the line I could feel myself starting to sort of lean forward and I thought I'll try and catch it with your legs but you can't catch it with your legs and then the next thing I remember I was I, I landed just over the finishing line so at least my time was still oh. registered but I'll tell you what it hurts it, and I, I, you know the track if you fall on the track yeah. It's, it's like the most abrasive sandpaper yeah. that you could ever find. So it hurts. It's like falling off a bike, isn't it? The pace you're going, you know. And well, you're running about 20 miles an hour. You know, my, my speed's about 20 miles an hour over 200. So it's um, it hurts. But it was like, you don't feel anything at the time. It's yeah. probably the next day when all this sort adrenaline, of... Adrenaline, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then the 400 is the interesting mark because nobody can run 400 flat out. No. Nobody, even the top people. So it's a race of three parts, the 400. It's the first 100 metres, which is flat out. And then it's the next 150 metres where you're trying to coast. So you ease off a bit, but you're not trying to lose too much time. And then you build up again and right. start 
come down for the last 300 meters. And that's to try and manage the lactic acid um, production in, in your muscles, really. Yeah. Um, but, but again, it's sort of, it's, it's a hot, the, the 400 is probably the most punishing race out of everything because mm-hmm. if you, you're completely exhausted at the end of it, if, you, if, you've given it, if you've given it everything and your body's like bound up with lactic, um, like nothing else. And in fact, it, you know, we we'll laugh about it because we've all been caught by this. If you don't hit, ease off in that middle period and you come to the end, it's as if somebody's took out a rifle and shot you with lactic acid. You just you can see people just go all wobbly down the home straight. It's it's hilarious to watch, but painful at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it almost sounds a bit like a badge of honour in terms of, or a rite of passage, perhaps. Like if you're going to become a sprinter, it's yeah. going to have to happen to you at some point. So you, yeah, yeah. It's, you yeah. just get that moment where you you know you, your mind's telling you you should be pushing, yeah. but you've got no control at all over your legs. Yeah, not at all. It's such a the, the, the word that springs to my mind with all of this is just the intensity of it. It's a very different type of intensity to to even 5Ks, never mind marathons and beyond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's something that sounds to me like it's very unique to sprinting. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite curious <clears throat> to ask about sprinting at the poly and the, the, the kind of the setup and the scene, if you like. So mm. what's it like? So, so we've got a fantastic sort of um, team of people now that have oh. assembled and, and Ron kicked this all off a few years ago. So Ron, I think when he when he chose to retire or back away from the sort of the, the road runners, he was keen to keep going with the sprint team. Um, so we've got probably about a, almost a, a dozen now. So we've got, you know, Kath Stewart. Kath's like oh, incredible. Legend. Kath, Kath's an inspiration to all of us. I mean, if we think we are doing well, you know, at, at number five in the UK, cast like number one in the world. Yeah. And if you look at the age-graded results, uh, age-graded, I, I don't know if, if distance runners use age-graded, but if we look at age-graded, you know, they say like 90% you're you like national class, 100% you're world class, over 100% you're hitting world record. Cats running at like 101%. Goodness me. It, 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 at, you know, at, at her rate, at her age group. Mm. So we've got Kath, Paul Dodds. Paul's been probably the longest standing master sprinter in the club. And Paul actually does some more coaching now. I'll, I'll mention that a, a bit in, in a second. Yeah. Steve Dodds, who I said, <coughs> Lourdes, who, who's, who's been part of the group since the start as well. Alan Keegan, who does a bit more uh, sort of four and 800 metres, but still trends, has been training with the sprint group. Mm. Uh, Rachel Savadis, um, who was a great sprinter and has come back to sprinting after a few years, a few years, a great hurdler as well. Um, Paul, Paul Fisher, who was again, middle distance, tried to sound at sprinting, loved it and is, is hitting some really great times now. Um, and then we've got a couple of new people. We've got a new girl called Nadia Leek. Nadia has just joined us um, recently, but has already ran sort of 14 one in our first race and then 13 75 in our second race. And there's tons of opportunity for Nadia to come down so she could smash all sorts of records. Um, and then a, a lad called Dennis Pang, who's just started with us, but unfortunately he got injured nice. at, at the start. So that's just a bit of your body becoming acclimatised. Yeah. And then and then we've got a guy that um, he runs for South Shields that sort of came and asked if he could come and see what the hell the poly were doing to produce all these great sprinters <laughs> oh, and masters. And so we're getting a bit of a reputation you know, for, for, for sprinting. Tremendous. 
And a bit about Paul, just to call out. So one of the things I mentioned before is about what Eric Smart helped me with in terms of this technique. So it's all, it's, it's all well and good being fit, but you have to have good technique as well. Mm. So Paul's, Paul runs a session on a Sunday morning for the group, which is about block practice and that 30 meters and 40 meters and 50 meters. And, and I, I must say, I think that the group have, have massively benefited from that session because that's where you make your most gains. The yeah. quicker you can get to that maximum velocity, the quicker the gains. But, but you're looking at form as well, Mark. So one of the things when, when I first started um, training alongside Eric, the first session I turned up to, he, he brought some uh, some of these wristbands, sweatbands for your wrist, white sweatbands. And, and he says, I want you to put them on to you because your arms are like a middle distance runner. So, you know, middle distance, you sort of, you're taught to keep your arms away from your chest, to let your chest sort of expand and, and save energy. You don't want to okay. use too much energy on your arms. <clears throat> so you need your arms up. You know, you need to be really pumping them very hard. So that was Eric's. Uh, well, I said, like in an exaggerated way, I'm doing yeah. it on the screen. It's not good for a podcast, but yeah. so, so I could see, so I could see my hands because you know I thought I was still lifting them, but mm. I wasn't. And the other thing, which is great, which was great, every sort of session that I used to do with Eric was videoed. Oh, so wow. you replay the video back. So what you think is good form, and then you look at it back and you go, bloody hell, that's rubbish, really. <laughs> so, see, and that helps you get better. And likewise, you know, there's always somebody recording races when you're at these events. And yeah. it's great to see the race back, not from a did I win or did I come second, but what was the form like? And how do you how do you address your form? Is it a strength and conditioning thing or is it literally a technique thing Are you, in terms of how you move? So, so it's, it's technique. So when we do our 300 reps and our 300 hills, you're not just looking at time. You, that's really where you're practicing your form. You know, you sort of, yeah, we always have a little bit of race on the last rep as well. But yeah. really, it's, it's to try and refine your form and get your form right. You know, get your sort of body lean right, get your knees up, get your hands in the right place. Gosh, um, it, it sounds almost a bit like, uh, I mean, I'm no swimmer, but my wife does a lot of swimming and open water swimming. And she talks about, uh, you know, the, 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 the importance of technique and form. And I remember when I was trying to improve my swimming a few, quite a few years ago now, and she, I was saying to her, really annoys me because um when i'm focusing on my head my legs start to do the wrong thing so when i start focusing on my legs my arms start to do the wrong thing and when i focus on my arms i'm, I'm just all over the shop yeah and she was saying well that's your problem you, you're trying to kind of think of these things separately it's about how they all work together um I, and i've heard golfers say the same thing i'm yeah. no golfer either but this idea that you start focusing on one bit and the ball's gonna just shank yeah. somewhere because you're not thinking about everything so yeah. it sounds quite analogous to that really it, mark it's exactly the same so yeah. if you know talking about block practice and stuff like that so coming out of the blocks is a is a is a big technique thing and coming out properly and fast but there's umpteen things to think about have i got my feet in the right place are the hands in the right place am i leaning forward enough do I need to keep my head down? Should I lift it up? Should I drive with my left leg, my right leg? Should I be using my arms? <laughs> and, and this is, and that's why you need to have these sessions where you just yeah. drill it in yourself. It's like drills. You yeah. practice, 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 so that the last thing you should be thinking about on the start line is technique. Yeah. Only thing you should memory, be about is yeah. getting down the track as fast as you possibly can. The only yeah. thought you should have in your mind is how how can I get to that end of that track as fast as possible. If you and by the way, we've all done this. You're sitting in the blocks, thinking, right? 
Am I pushing with my left leg or my right leg? And and you can guarantee you're not going to have a good start if that's if that's what you're thinking about really. Yeah, I mean it's um, classic overthinking by the sounds yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. The more yeah. the more you practice, the more I guess it's making it instinctive and the muscle memory and all of that. I mean, yeah, it just sounds like there is so much. The, the shorter the distance, the more critical the small yeah. things are. They become big yeah. things, don't they? Um, yeah. You can pretty much get away with any old form in a 5k unless you're at the top end i'm imagining but yeah you could probably um you've got time to correct a, a tactical mistake or anything mm -hmm. in, in longer races but yeah it sounds to me like a very intense and high pressure situation with technique it, it's sort of um it's it, it you get a massive buzz out of it yeah. though, it's, it's, I, so it's, I don't think it's i think we all put ourselves under pressure sometimes so there's been races where i've thought you know, I've gone to national championships at Birmingham when I've been, you know, on paper, my PB should get us into the second round. And I've completely blown it at the start. And this is a psychology where you're lining up against, you know, people that you've never seen before. You got a monk in every every couple of weeks. You know who's there every week. It's like yeah. a little family of people who, who are all supportive of one another. But when you go at the national level, it's about how can you produce your best when you've got all of these other people like you don't the unknowns around you and it does get in your mind a little bit and you're thinking you know i need to do this and you come back there should i press with the left leg the right leg with the left arm and, and you should be just running your own race but i think it just takes more you have to put yourself in that position more times in order to be able to i couldn't i mean with any form of competition yeah it, it's inherently good for you i think into irrespective of how a particular race goes there's just something about that habit yeah. And it's interesting. I wonder whether sprinters have found this as well, because I think, I mean, I have during the lockdown period, you, you, you may, may or may not have stayed fit, but your race mm. sharpness or your race preparedness, yeah. um, you, you've gotten out of the habit. So yeah. I've just done a race where, which went well, but I was thinking, looking, reflecting on it, thinking I probably kind of missed, a, you know, if I'd have been a bit more savvy with my race head on, I probably would have gone a bit quicker over that period yeah. or might have backed off there or whatever it might have been or yeah. more alive to something that happened later on and I'm and I only could only put it down to the fact that I hadn't raced for a bit and mm. does that happen with, I mean that's in ultra running does that happen in sprinting as well yeah. kind of get out the habit of the thinking yeah I, I, absolutely Mark I think there's there's that bit where you know you can't be at peak performance all the time so you have to, you, I think Ron was saying the other, the other day, you know, you can only really sustain peak performance for a small number of weeks. And then you have to change your program to go back to doing more strength and, and sort of endurance and then come back to the sprint, uh, to the full on. And the other thing that, you know, there's, there's I don't think... <laughs> Don't there's ever been a race that I've run when I didn't think I could have done a bit better? Yeah. yeah. That's all runners. I think that running, unifies us all, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you know, you run 26 miles or, or 100 metres, you always think, oh, if only, yeah. if only I'd done this. And and it's, but for me, it's tenths for, you know, yeah. some of you guys doing endurance, it's like five minutes here or a few minutes there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and that's probably the one thing, isn't it? You're like, well, certainly one of the things that unites all distances. That that sounds that kind of that kind of can be a bit of a glass half empty reflection. But but in in one sense, it's because we want to improve. You know, this yeah. thing, you know, it's not innately negative. It's just it's about trying to squeeze every ounce of potential out of yourself, which I think is you know, a very noble thing. 
It, 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 it certainly is, mate. And, you know, when you were talking about lockdown before, I think it was difficult for most people. What, what I found was really good for me. So I'm, I still keep in touch with Simon and, and Graham's group. Yeah. And so I was getting involved in these challenges that they had, which was, yeah. so I was doing much more sort of longer, longer distance or sort of 5K and 10K, it's like long distance for me. Yeah. And I was probably fittest I've ever been in the last few years because you, you, you compromise fitness for speed. Mm. So it's amazing how That's many really fast sprinters are not fit people really. Yeah. Physically, they're, they're, they're strong. Yeah. And they've got a lot of speed, leg speed, but ask them to run down to the spa for a bottle of milk and they would, they would struggle to make it back. I always used to love, as a kid, um, watching, um, now was it Superstars? Or there was some kind of programme where they got sports athletes from lots of different sports yeah. to compete in these quite contrived activities. Some of them were quite orthodox, like an 800 metres, and some yeah. of them were, were like, um, you know, tired things or assault courses and whatnot and occasionally they get a sprinter on and I never they had one I don't know if it was superstars it might be something else it, and they had, they had John Regis on who's a he was a 200 meter runner wasn't he and, and a brilliant runner yeah. and it was exactly that they had to do 800 meters and the look on his face was like I'm not doing 800 meters there's, no. there's no way I'm doing 800 meters and he looked it, this specimen he was really well built muscular powerful man and he got round one lap and he looked half dead. And I remember thinking, oh. how's that? You know, and, and the memory will always stay with me because it was funny because yeah. you had all these, I think there were some triathletes there and some some swimmers and God knows what else. And they were yeah. just laughing at him, the poor sod. So that, that's an interesting thing that it doesn't necessarily follow that you're quote unquote fit if you yeah. happen to be really fast. It's, yeah. it's a, or it's a different type of fitness, I guess. It's more about power. I think I think there's different muscle groups that you're using mm. as well. So you know that you, there's all this science behind fast twitch fibers and slow twitch fibers. And, yeah. And, and actually on that one, you know, when I was doing the sort of the longer stuff and the sprint stuff a couple of years back, um, you know, it, 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 it's not the right thing to do to, to get the most out of sprinting. But I quite enjoyed doing the long stuff. So I remember, I think it was 2018, I ran the national championships in Birmingham in August. Um, at the end of August, then on September the 9th or something, I ran the Great North Run. Right. And I, and I hadn't trained for the Great North yeah, Run, yeah. but I was only two minutes outside my previous wow. year time. So there was some residual. Yeah. And, and you know, even last year when I was, was brilliant in, in lockdown when Simon and, and Graham were running these challenges because I sort of, they were doing a, 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 a relay, it was a half marathon relay. And somebody dropped out and I said, look, I'll have a go. And of course, you get all this stuff up. Can you manage that? You? It's like a kilometre, you know. <laughs> you, need, you need to run a whole kilometre. And I'm thinking, and I, I was thinking, well, I'll give it a go. I should be all right because I've been doing running training. And, you know, yeah. the, 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 the challenge they did when it was like, run your fastest kilometre, but you can pick what you want, you know, downwind, downhill. And, and I managed to sort of do like my fastest ever kilometre. So right. I think it was like just three minutes, 12 or 14 or something. <laughs> Which was which gave me a surprise as much as everybody Amazing. else. But then didn't it just come back and say, all right, do it again, which was a little bit sort of naughty, but I thought it was pretty cool as well, but you couldn't get anywhere near that. So I was trying to find it. Did you talk about hill running before? Is there any hills in Whitney Bay that would really give us a, a massive competitive advantage? So. Yeah, yeah, not really. I mean, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to search for a long, steady hill so I can, for my type of running, yeah. it's not, we're not blessed with that many, but mm -hmm. sure, I'm quite keen to talk about the Masters as well, because I think what yeah. we've done, it's been a brilliant discourse around sprinting 
and yeah. some of the differences and similarities with other distances of running. Mm -hmm. The masters itself, I always, I always pay attention to the um, the Facebook posts because I'm just intrigued by by sprinting and just to see people doing well, of course. Yeah. And, and we had the event um, a few days ago where there was some fantastic performance. I think Greg mm -hmm. and um, and Becky did really well, and other people yeah. were there. I'm sure I'm doing others a disservice in saying that. But um, that's obviously part of a much bigger initiative. So I'm quite interested to learn a bit more about that. Yeah, so the Masters, um, Mark, was, was set up for athletes over 35 years of age, really. And, and, and the thing that it does, I think I mentioned before, allows them to compete um, against other people in their same age group. So it's, it goes up in five-year bands, so 35 to 39, 40 to 44, 45 to 50 and so on and so forth. So you're always in a band, and this is a national and international level, so it's a worldwide thing, not just a, a local thing. Yeah. So it allows you to compete against people of a similar age to yourself. But also, as I said, you, you, you're pitched into races of people who are racing a similar time to yourself. So, you know, you're not like miles behind anybody else. I remember I ran a, a 1,500 metres years ago for the poly in, in one of the league races, and, and the, the rest of the guys had had a cup of tea and a sandwich by the time I finished, but they were very polite, oh, wait, sure so, <laughs> so, so it really, it, it is part of a, it is very competitive, but competitive in, in the right terms. So, you know, yeah. if you can run 20 seconds for 100 metres, you'll still get a good, a, as good a race as somebody who can run 12 seconds for 100 metres. I think um, that's very, just in terms of a non-sprinter, that's a really disarming thing to hear and a really appealing thing to hear because mm. I think most runners are curious about other forms of running and mm. it's the sort of thing that would even get me to a go and I'm not yeah. just saying that I mean if I yeah. if I'm sort of between events or whatever and I'm just trying to want to try or I'm in a bit of a rut that yeah. that that's you know as long as I don't turn up and do myself a mischief mm. the idea that you wouldn't just be plumped in something that's going to blow you away and it's humiliating yeah. Yeah. That, that's really disarming and, and, and credit to it. That's a really um, sensible way of, of putting it together. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's spot on, Mark. And, and what we get is there's a lot of poly people that attend. Uh, well, not a lot. We'd love to see some a lot more. But the mm. poly people that do come along are all amazed just at how well they perform. Right. I mean, and, and you know, we're third. If you look at the men's section, we're third in the sort of league table as a team, we probably have 10% of the athletes that the other teams take along. Right. And the other teams take, you know, people who do discus and short and javelin and, and all sorts of long jump and, and high oh, so, jump. So the league, the league table is an amalgam of all of those events. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. So, so you have a, you have a, you have a, so that you have an individual league table. So the sprinters, so this is one, 400 meters. There's a, there's a, a category for that. Yes. Then there's the middle distance, which is the sort of 800 metres to 3,000 metres, 5,000 possibly. They have a category for that. And then you have your sort of the, the throwers and then the, the jumpers as well. Yeah. So you can, you can be not, you can be the league champion for sprinting in your age category. You can be the league champion for middle distance. You can be the league champion for, for throwing or for, or for jumping as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there's tons of different things, ways to look at it. You know, and, and you know, we have we have um, we have sprinters who also have a go at throwing. So, for example, you know, uh, Rachel Savadis um, did the javelin. Paul Dodd has started throwing the javelin, right? As well, 
And it's just because you sort of, the, 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 the 100 metres is the first race of the night, the 400 metres is the last race, and it gives you something to do in the middle. <laughs> but, but he's pretty good at it, you know? And, 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 so, and, it, and it earns points for the team. Yeah. But, you know, you, you mentioned Becky before. I watched Becky's race on uh, on Monday. And this is the other bit you get, is you're watching other poly members do really well. And mm. Becky was fantastic running. Yeah. This was the Northeast 3K champs as well. Um, you know, a pretty newcomer to, to mm. track racing, but but really sort of wants to. It gives you something. I, I, so I was trying to think about this beforehand, Mark, about what does it give you running in the track? You know, the negative the negative thought would be there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. The positive thought is my, why, why would I want to hide? My, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a practicing coward, you see. So that was, yeah. that was my thought about but, traveling. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, Becky come and, and smashed it and, you know, she, she'll, she'll, you can see there's, there's more she'll get. As confidence builds, Becky will do better and better. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you may well have to adapt your training to the track. Um, you know, Neil, Neil Dix, another guy, just started coming to the track. Neil's been right. around the pole for years. Yeah. Started running 400 metres. He's run three personal bests in the last three races. So as he's getting better, he's getting, you know, as he's doing more races, he's getting better all the time. Right. And, and, you know, people like Steph McLean, Dan, yeah. comes in absolutely I mean Steph's a phenomenal runner anyway yeah. another so another amazing. former guest on the podcast she she just had so many inspiring things to say yeah yeah it's a class act. but just comes to the track and smashes it you know in the throne we've got you know Sylvie Hargreaves comes in and wins in in throne um you know Trevor Strake and Alan Brownrig you know they just anytime the poly people turn up in the in the in the northeast champs a few weeks ago every poly athlete that turned up placed in the top three Wow. Of every event. Wow. And that just it shows you how much talent that we have back at the poly. And, and if and, and if that's people that have done a lot and also not so much of, mm. of track and field, yeah. it suggests to me that there's something broader about the, the poly's overall approach to <clears throat> training and teamwork that's that's, yeah. that's providing an inherent advantage. Yeah, there is, there is. And I think <clears throat> I would probably say, you know, having our sprint group, we're training specifically for disciplines on the track yeah if you look at the the middle distance um teams they're not specifically training for track running they're training for for improvement in in personal best performances mm -hmm. however i think it's probably the same today as it was when i was running in the middle distance groups the the love running on the track the session which is a track session everybody turns up for yeah. it. So everybody loves running on the track and it's just transferring that love of running on the track rather than doing dome busters or something. Yes. To going across the mountain and, and trying it out. You know, I know a few funny story of, of the middle distance uh, runners on the track. I did go to Morpeth. There was an open meeting last year when four or five of the poly guys turned up. I'll, I'll, I'll not mention any names, but it's for the for the 1,500 metres. And, and I've got a picture of the start. I might use it on presentation even, actually, Mark. Right. And they've all got the fingers on the watches ready to go before the gun. And everybody on the line with a finger on the watch like that. And and you, you, you have to believe that, you know, actually, they give you your time at the end. You don't yeah. have to record it for yourself. I'd be totally doing this thing. I would, I'd, yeah, it would be a Strava yeah. thing or whatever. And, yeah. and even I saw a guy, I don't think it was a poly guy, I saw somebody in the 400 metres with his finger on his watch. I mean, just, you've lost... 10 yards just starting you watching a 400 meters. So this is the, this is the, so we don't, we don't actually train at the poly. I mean, obviously Chris, um, Chris trains the younger generation for, for track and that's all specifically track. 
And then we've got the, ma the master's sprint group for track, but there's nothing in between for our senior athletes to really be, and this is not a criticism by the way of any of the coaching, I've got no idea how you would fix that, hmm. but, but we, 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 we haven't got that. And the other thing I would say, Mark, what, what helps us a lot, which I've just remembered about, about the Sunday morning group, hmm. we always race one another. So it's not just technique, we have, we have everybody's got a handicap. Yeah. And so we have staggered start, and then when, when the gun goes, everybody races. So we're always competing. And that's the bit that gets you ready for competition yeah. when you're in the real sort of spotlight of, of the Masters competition because you've done it every Sunday morning against each other. Yeah. But, it, but it's friendly, friendly rivalry um, that we have as we talk about right at the start. Awesome. So if somebody wants to get involved in this, someone's listened to this and thinks, I, I want to give that a shot, what, what, what would they do? How would they go about it? So, I mean, if somebody wants to try out sprint and come along to, to one of our sessions, I mean, Ron's really, really, um, really welcoming to, to new people coming along or, mm. or come and have a chat with one of us. If somebody wants to try the Masters, you know, the 800, 1500, 3000, come along. Don't be intimidated that you'll not know what to do. There's always tons of poly people. It, it is like a family that will, will help you. And tell you what you should expect and tell you where to go and where, where you need your warm up and how much time you need to give yourself and everything uh, and then you'll get tons of support there's something yeah. about that that red white and blue vest isn't it doesn't matter where you put it on whether yeah. it's great north run or running across the moors if somebody sees you, you they just shout shout for you you know yeah but i would i would encourage people i mean i obviously you know i'm really passionate about it which is why i i've love to come and talk to you about it today mark but yeah i would really encourage people to give it a go you might well be surprised and and get something out of it that you wouldn't get out of out of road running it's interesting as well when i when i see i mean the the social media stuff that goes on there it's there's a lot of it and it's good i mean it's, i think people are always i mean <clears throat> i can only speak for myself and just generally in terms of the mood music i suppose and the chatter amongst runners that i know that that people are always genuinely interested in other forms of running, even if they're not compelled, feel compelled to do it. But I always find the track and field stuff quite interesting because you do see faces and names that you recognise from like Greg and Becky, for example, mm. I mean, both of whom I've run with and know reasonably well. And um, it, you just see more and more people trying it. And it, it feels like there's a bit of momentum building. I know... Um, like Richard Hanley ran as well, and I ran yeah. with quite a bit. And just when I saw his name, I thought, oh, well done, Rich, you know. And yeah. um, it's just nice to see that there's a bit of momentum behind it. And it yeah. has it has pulled people in, and it's and it's not chewed them up and spat them out. There's no tales yeah. of that. It no. seems to be a, a, a positive thing. And the way you talked about the way that the Masters is structured, that kind of disarming way of you find your level. It's yeah. not there to trip you up and expose you. It's there to help you and give you... A, yeah a fair basis for competition I think, really, I think, really well thought out yeah I, I think to add to that Mike I mean you mentioned you mentioned sort of Richard yeah Richard was there running um you know Matt Fletcher came off the very oh, first yeah. time yeah. and did really well and, yeah. and you see the smiles on his face really yeah. he, must, he must have been running hard enough to be smiling as much as that yeah so. um and, and even you know I was chatting to Tommy Brannan so Tommy is running 400 at the Masters to try and improve his form in the in the in the longer distances. So you know you can use masters as part of a training plan for longer distances as well. So you, I'm sure if you run a 1500 meters 
it's not just about running the same pace for 1500 meters you want to try and have that energy to put a burst in you know at, at the end as well so mm. you know, lot, lots of people who do it for all sorts of different reasons you know well it just it sounds brilliant i mean i would urge people to look at the the, the social media stuff that goes on and just get yeah. a sense of the the breadth and depth of what happens and just the sense of the atmosphere around it because i do think that comes through those yeah. social media posts i always find i always read them even though it's the polar opposite to what i do it does, it, but it's still running and it still has some of those similarities that we talked about before so i mean i'm hoping this podcast has done that it's given made people curious because there's nothing you know nothing beats a bit of curiosity um so yeah thank you very much Stuart, for taking part in this i think we're about we've been going long enough now to probably wrap this up but uh thanks very much and i dare say um if people want to contact you and find out more they can and i think the social media the, the poly's facebook page it's pretty easy to find the track and field yeah. stuff you know there's plenty of it there so that's a good way in as well so thanks very much Stuart. thanks for telling us a bit more about yourself as well and uh, yeah, thanks for being my latest guest. Absolute pleasure, Mark. And yeah, encourage anybody to give it a go. That's a great, it's a great experience. Thanks, thanks very much indeed. Terrific. Thank you, Stuart.